China's careful response to IF airstrikes signals a new stance by Manoj Joshi. The Chinese know a thing or two about face. Therefore, they clearly understood the message put out by India in the aftermath of the airstrike on Balakot in Pakistan on Tuesday, 26th February. This was aimed at making it easy for Islamabad to walk away from confrontation. The official statement put out by South Bloc invoked the doctrine of self-defense enshrined in Article 51 of the UN Charter. It described its strikes on one of the most biggest training camps of JEM in Balakot as non-military preemptive action provoked by the imminent danger that India believed it confronted. It deliberately introduced a degree of ambiguity by not stating that this was in the Khyber Pakhtunwa province of Pakistan. In other words, it acknowledged that the target was not any Pakistani state entity or organization, but Fidayin jihadis who were being trained as suicide bombers. Putting these words, the Chinese have not quibbled. More importantly, they have taken an even-handed stance. Addressing the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs regular briefing on Tuesday, the official spokesperson Liu Kang called on the two sides to exercise restraint and take actions that will help stabilize the situation in the region. Both were important countries in South Asia and would benefit from harmonious relations. Islamabad could not be particularly happy that its closest ally has chosen neutrality in its time of need. Asked about the phone call that the Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi had received from his counterpart Shah Mahmood Qureshi of Pakistan, Liu said that Wang, and I quote, had listened carefully to Qureshi's briefing on the situation and the Pakistani propositions, but, and I quote again, he also reiterated that China supports the Pakistani and Indian sides in properly resolving the issue through dialogue as soon as possible. The Chinese stand was helped by Pakistan's somewhat confused response. Earlier in the day, the Pakistani military spokesperson, Major General Asif Ghafoor, claimed that some Indian aircraft had intruded into the Muzaffarabad sector and were forced to return because of the timely Pakistani Air Force response. In the process, and I quote, the aircraft released payload which had free fall in an open area. No infrastructure was hit and there were no casualties, he added. Later in the day, the Pakistani National Security Committee met under the chairmanship of Prime Minister Imran Khan. It criticized India's uncalled for aggression and vowed retaliation. But it also said that India's claims of targeting a militant camp in Balakot were self-serving, reckless and fictitious. So if nothing substantive happened, China did not really have to exert itself on its Iron Brothers' behalf as yet. An important reason for this is tactical. In the wake of the strikes, one of the countries that External Affairs Minister Susma Swaraj had called was China. And the MEA said that all of them, presumably including Beijing, showed an understanding of India's position. More important, Swaraj flew to China later in the day to attend a meeting of the Russian-India-China or RIC grouping at Wuzhen in China. On Wednesday morning, she met Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi and presumably discussed the issue with him. Later, the RIC Foreign Minister's meeting got underway and provided Swaraj an invaluable opportunity to brief her colleagues. None of this should be taken to assume that China has abandoned Pakistan. All it has done is to have taken a neutral stand in an issue which would have been hard to defend in any case. It could not have expected New Delhi to stand by and do nothing after one of the most devastating attacks on its parliamentary personnel in Jammu and Kashmir, one that was readily claimed by a group proscribed by the United Nations. The Chinese policy responses are always cautious in nature. 
this time around, they cannot be unaware that an entirely new situation has been created. For the first time, India has invoked the right of preemption and struck terrorist targets in Pakistan. It has backed its action with its air power. Yet, the language it has used to do this has been low-key and provides sufficient room for its ally, Islamabad, to de-escalate. However, Pakistani jets violated Indian airspace on Wednesday, 27 February and dropped bombs on the way out, a day after the IAF carried out airstrikes across the line of control. Pakistan operates on its own calculus. Being hit by India is viewed as an existential dilemma and there must be voices in Rawalpindi calling for retaliation. In doing so, it needs to factor in the larger perspective of its relations with South Asia. It has been using Pakistan as a foil against India since the 1960s. In recent years, through the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, it has upped its commitment to Islamabad, which now seems to include the assurance of Pakistani economic well-being as well. But it cannot be obvious to Islamabad's scorpion-like behaviour of devouring itself. Just as the doctrine of deterrence can only be given life if it is invoked each time a threat occurs, the counter-doctrine that Rawalpindi may want to follow calls for retaliation every time it is struck. Beijing needs to square the circle and it may feel compelled to re-evaluate its position in the coming days. On the other hand, a much more stable India is providing opportunities for Chinese companies to expand themselves. The reset in Sino-Indian ties following the Wuhan summit of 2018 has created conditions which can be of great benefit to Beijing in an era when it is facing a fundamental challenge from the United States. Who knows, New Delhi may even consider supporting the Belt and Road Initiative in some indirect fashion as the Japanese are doing.